Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, the J10 Initiative. Welcome, people. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. See, greeting people who are like in the imagination or going to be listening but are not here is uh, feels strange. But alas, I'm um, trying to give some advice to Father Brian Larkin about oh, podcasting these days. Okay, here we go. Because we're going into uh, promotions here. Well, so, our buddy is starting his thing. So, did welcome, he tell you about hold it? Hold on, just hold on a second. Uh, so, uh, if you're you know new to the podcast, this is Father John, Father Mike here in. Uh, oh yeah, this is Catholic stuff you from should know. Saint uh, Joe's Parish, and uh, yeah, here we are. Goble is out in New York right now with the. Oh, that's right. CFR brothers, and he's given talks on community. That's it. Thank you, Father Nathan, for representing uh, us. Thank you, um, CFRs, for humbling yourself and asking Father Nathan to do it. Really, guys? You ran out of of the first 50 options there? No, just joking. (laughs) Gobes is going to be great. Uh, He's a snake charmer. They're going to love him, but he also knows knows community well. Wait, you just went really hot now. I think the microphone thing just changed. Oh, okay. So just... uh, just chill. All you know right, what they well, say? You know what? I was told by Ellie Bixman, they say, just vibe, man. You're just, just vibing. Vibing is the new lingo. Isn't that funny? I love it. Just got a vibe. Just, I don't know. That's, is that a music term? I don't know. but uh, yeah, you, you are just, so much louder than me now. Whatever you just did. Dude, it literally, I'm, the cord just to, adjusted. I'm, well, yeah, I know. I don't want to. It's a beautiful, um, it's kind of like cooling off. One of these days where it's getting cooler in Denver weather. And um, it's it's getting close to fall. Like the colors are changing. I just did a wedding in the mountains, and all of those aspens were yellow and like turning red. It's gorgeous. It means it's cooling off, and it's sweater sweater weather. And Sw- I love sweater weather. Sweater weather. You are, uh, but you're not. Is that a sweater? <laughs> kind of. Sure is, man. The uh, sweater. I don't know. This is classic Colorado, but I am louder than you now. I told you. Sorry, folks. We really did do a sound check before. <laughs> and, and then it just magically we, changed. We like, put in the work and really got it Can you? T- I know you don't like talking into these nasty yeah. guards. You but want me to be shoving my nose. I need you, I need you to get your nose into the guard a little right. bit. I, you're, that, well, this is about you as, just, uh, that's as close little, as I can get. I need you to vibe with that, uh, with that guard right now. I'm trying to vibe. I'm and, trying uh, my best I know you just want to sit in your, you sit in your sweater and... Uh, Oh, relax, Drink your man. chai. That's Gemütlichkeit. You it is Gemütlichkeit. Comfy. It it, uh, it feels like fall today for the first time. You know, classic Colorado. Three weeks ago, it snows, and then all of a sudden, it's yeah, it's fall. Here we are. So we're uh, yeah. It's nice though. It's nice to have you the like swe- fall? sweater weather. Love you're, fall. You're a Love cyclist, so does that slow you down? Yeah, well, it's going to be cold. I'd like to go for a ride tomorrow, but it's our, kind of uh, an in between uh, season for the athlete here, the mountain athlete. Because yeah. you can, like summer, you can cycle. High country, it's perfect weather. In the winter, you can hike and backcountry ski. And, right. You know. We got a uh, um, we got a couple more good weeks, I think, of riding, and then the cycling season's over, you know? Okay. So, Julian Alaphilippe just won the world championship today. He did. In Imola. You he saw s- that in Italy. Was he saving it during the tour? I don't know. Would you do that? Uh, for a Frenchman? Really? I don't, I don't think he would save it. But. Nah. Perhaps. Um, Good on you, Julian. He's, we are, he's won uh, some stuff in the past. Yeah, he's great. He's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are now over our first month into the seminary semester. How are you liking teaching? Oh, it's fun. He's the new professor. You know, I was really nervous about it. Yeah. 
Well, and I've I've really enjoyed it. These guys are um, these the seminarians are very merciful to me. They're very kind. We have a good time. I think most of the time. Uh, you don't have to teach the deacons. And uh, the first the first theology guys are great because they're fresh. Well, I teach the permanent deacon candidates. Nah, I mean transitional deacons. Yeah, they're old. well. Old and good grimy. riddance, I say. I like these guys. But the first theology guys are nice. Uh, Mike, They're great. Father Mike and I teach back to back, so I teach at eight fundamental, and then Monday, Wednesday, Friday he teaches Greek, and so That's they get us fun, back to yeah. back. It's like taking the baton. It's fun, and they but, are but, really uh, enjoying although your class. the dry erase markers. You have to bring your own, dude. You can't take them as a baton because it's a COVID risk. I know, and the boards are a disaster. I got to start figuring out how to clean them better. I think that I've I've incited in them the right level of fear, yeah. So that they tell other people, yeah, I like it, I like it. <laughs> so yeah, that you, it, they, well, if they, I, if they classic, get too down on it, then they know there's repercussions. In classic mic rap fashion, um, you know, fear induced, but through kind of esoteric means, you know, such as um, coming in a suit coat. And yeah. being very professional. Like, I told them a joke about Father Mike the first day. They did not think I was... They didn't go for it at all. The guys were like, uh. <laughs> and then, uh, what does he do? He plays Rage Against the Machine to yeah. warm him up before the classroom. What did the guy guy with the birthday... We have a pump-up song. Hey, Seuss. And, yeah, Hey, Seuss was asking for Gwen Stefani. I told him, you like Gwen Stefani. I do. And I said, play I this do. song. And he goes, I don't know. He's kind of serious. And I was like, he's not serious. <laughs> he's trying to mess with you. No, I'm trying to be professional, dude. I'm trying to grow up. It's good to have... It's not like I'm... It, I'm not trying to change. I actually am... This is like a fun point in my life where I get to wear a suit coat and pretend that I'm like really helping and being responsible and contributing to the world and yet still can play. You don't have to wear a suit coat, but I th- do think it's funny that you... I choose to. You choose to wear a suit well, coat. Well, you gotta... These are the superficial ways to get respect. Now you're three times as loud. I know. I think it's the headphones. No, it's true. I, I, it's I have not moved my face from right inside this whatever <laughs> microphone. All right. Yeah. So, anyways, it's the the. How are you liking the semester? I like the. I love the fundamental theology. Guys are great. First theology is fun. We're teaching a lot, but also we were just teaching Newman on the development of doctrine. And there's that great line: "To live is to change." Ooh. So you got to change. You're wearing your suit coat, but you're still yourself. So yeah. There you go. To live is to change. Development. You have to change, right? Yeah. We'll talk about that a little bit today. If I can, you know, start us off. We got to do yeah. two of them here, and we're... We're trying to go tight, tight today. We're Sunday, trying to go tight. So we're going to keep them a little so short. So not folks. much to say. Just um, a quick plug for Gregorian Rant, a Is new podcast by told me Father to, Brian Larkin. He told me not to plug it until I'll it was do out. it again. No, they, but they bought their equipment, and so now I'm trying to, like... Force him to actually do it. All right. By mentioning it, he's got to do it. Folks. And they got, and I also wanted to make fun of the fact that they bought gold microphones. Gold microphones. We've babies. never been, I mean, we're babies, pretty. Babies, when you're finishing, you're we're pretty gold arrogant. We're pretty arrogant ourselves, but we've never had gold microphones. <laughs> Jeez, man. We don't even have functioning Woo, headphones. Larkin. I bet they got nice gear. Yeah. It works. Well, it's we, yeah, so we've been waiting. Uh, I've been expecting this for many years. Father Brian Larkin found his uh, dynamic duo partner in Patrick Davini, and they are starting a podcast, Gregorian Rant, and yep. uh, it'll be forthcoming, so stay tuned. That's right. Okay. But uh, I think it is coming soon. So, so that was guys, my shame, shameless are, plug those for Those guys are going to be fun. They're going to be good. So uh, today's topic, I'm going to try and keep it kind of light. Because we've been kind of yeah, we've been nice. kind of heavy lately, you know, like, <laughs> a little gravitas. So I hear, 
Yeah, I guess you haven't been, but I have. The last one I did was kind of intense. So I want to. I listened to it. I want to talk about um, uh, a girl named Maria Rosa Segale. Wow. Do you know that name? My sister's name is Mary Rose, really? but it's not Segale. Well, well, Maria Rosa Segale uh, became a religious and changed her name to Blandina Segale. Ooh. And Blondino? She is a Blandina. Didn't we have. We used to call Father. Faustinus Blondie <laughs> He was the African right. Nigerian <laughs> in our, No it was the Polish guy Father Pavel uh, Would call him we, Blondie in, in the seminary He would call him Blondino Blondino That's fun. Now I'm back Can I know hear? It's going ridiculous. up and down I it's don't know what to tell you It's the angels So Sister Blondina Segale Who was born in 1850 In Chicania, Italy So that's near Genoa mm-hmm. uh, Died in the 1940s 1941 on her 91st birthday. Can I see that picture? Yeah. You gotta... She's lovely. She is the topic of she our... She kind of looks like Elizabeth Ann Seton. ...conversation that... today. Oh, pretty lady. Yeah, pretty lady. Great bonnet. <laughs> there was an article that came out several years ago called Nuns, Guns, and the Wild West. Hello. The Extraordinary Tale of Sister Blandina. I need that page oh, back. Thank here you. Here you go. Nuns, Guns, and... Nuns, Guns, and the Wild and West. Wild West. I came across Sister Blandina Segale in the spring. Those of you who subscribe to Magnificat might have seen they have this saints thing, kind of random saints or yeah. blesseds or servants of God, and they had one on her, and I was like, wow, she was in Colorado. That was the, saint, that was the Wild West one? Wild West ones. She's, she's, uh, yeah, she, she's in Colorado. So here's her See, story. See, there's more saints around here than she I dropped knew. Through, she dropped through town. This is the 19th century. So, um, Maria Rosa Segale was born January 23rd, 1850, up near Genoa. Family immigrates to the United States uh, when she's five, okay? And okay. They come to Cincinnati, Ohio. She, they grow up in extreme poverty, like a lot of these immigrant families, and uh, she eventually becomes a... Sorry, this thing is just stressing me out. Uh, our soundboard, as always... Uh, so she goes through schools uh, with these different kind of religious communities that were set up to care for the immigrant communities, and then she joins the Sisters of Charity of Cincinnati. So she was she was a, a migrant kid. Migrant she didn't. Kid. So she yeah she migrated when she was a kid before she was a religious. Unlike yeah. Mother Cabrini. Or exactly. Something. Yeah. Okay. She came over as a kid. Her fifth birthday was on the boat across the Atlantic. Okay. So she came over, and then she grew up in the United States. Cincinnati. Shout out Father Ryan Ruiz. There go you on. go. Johnny Leindecker. Uh, and then so she joins the community uh, at the age of 16 in 1866 and uh, takes the name Blandina. Okay. Well, she goes to Stoneville, Ohio for a bit. And she's at the mother house. But then our story gets interesting when uh, she is sent by her superior. She gets a note in the mail and it says, Tomorrow you are to depart for Trinidad, Colorado by yourself. By yourself? By yourself. As a religious? As a religious. Woo. So she gets on a train. Uh, this is in 1872, so she's 22 years old, and she goes to the Colorado Territory, right? So we become a state in... 1870, 1876. 1876, so it's still the Colorado Territory at this point. Huh. And there's a small community of these Sisters of Charity in this tiny town called Trinidad, Colorado, and yeah. she takes a train, all these trains and you know wagons to get to the town, but she goes solo. And who's in charge? This is LeMay at the time? I guess, From yeah. Santa Fe? Yeah, I think so. Because Matchbuff is going to start the diocese up here later. Right. 
Trinidad is gorgeous. Have you been in there? I have, yeah. Sex change capital of the world. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. That, that, that's not can, always makes for gorgeous people. Still, but I wonder if they can still it's make a gorgeous that claim, landscape. Though. That was I'm sorry, that was rude. That was something we would say like 30 years ago, but now I don't know, that, you know, maybe they can't make that claim anymore. So it's um just like a naturally really pretty it is area. Lovely, it's yeah. kind of mountainous and it's right on the border with New right. Mexico, right? So, yeah, so it's 1872. The Colorado, these are still just these territories. Um, Trinidad is this tiny little town. Um, a lot of Spanish, obviously, all of the, the original foundations and, and towns in Colorado came up from the south or Spanish, but the Indians are everywhere, and there's just like fr- frontier justice. And her life is this amazing story of uh, being in the midst of this total crazy Wild West world as a sister. And uh, there's all these amazing stories of how she kind of befriends these outlaws and is trying to kind of reconcile people. This is all on her killing each other. On her journey over? This is or uh, in the after she's, she's already there. settled. So she gets there in 1872 and she spends five years in Trinidad. With the community. With the community. Okay, and then so she she's goes, not alone. She only traveled she alone. She just traveled alone. But that's still just crazy. 22 years 22 old. 22 year old, yeah. Going to Trinidad, Colorado. 1877, she moves down to Santa Fe, and she starts uh, schools, orphanages, uh, hospitals. So she's a lot like Mother Cabrini in this. Yeah. Sense. These Italians, man, they... I guess. They're kingdom builders, yeah. right? And uh, she does four years there, and then she goes to Albuquerque, and she does a couple of other things. And, and she it just works a lot with the Native American community and then the Mexicans um, who are in the area and uh, does all kinds of work. My favorite story, though is that when she was in Trinidad, she befriended the one and only, well, actually not one and only, there's two of them, but Billy the Kid. Yeah. So there's this story where... Uh, Isn't he dangerous? She tells the story where one of the gang members was shot, and this doctor refuses to take care of him because he's part uh. of this kind of outlaw gang. And so they threaten to scalp the doctor. And so they're like oh, breaking into no. town, and she kind of runs out and is able to kind of smooth the whole thing over. But apparently they... They become friends, and she takes him into the hospital or something. Well, or she, she just she just kind of reconciled everybody. Yeah, she brought just, peace. She got everything taken care of. She, but then she Blondina, Blondina. But she uh, so she ends up taking the the outlaw, one of the gang members, back to, uh, and for three months they take care of him at the convent, uh, and they kind of nurse him back to health. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Do we so, know? <laughs> I'd like to hear his his story after that. Did he go back to Robin? You know, he's hanging out know. with the nuns. He, they're they're like taking care of him and reviving his life, and then does he? So there's two Billy the Kids, by the way. There's there's uh, William Bonnie, who uh, was the one down in kind of like New Mexico and Las Vegas, and then there was this William Leroy. Both were called Billy the Kid. It's kind of confusing, but just to right. So this that. is the really lame one who actually I guess so was like a, a traveling magician. Well, he was crazy <laughs> enough to scalp doctors in oh, Trinidad. Right. So. Okay, so that's probably the violent one. Uh, and he did jail time, and uh, he was the one who was in Colorado. So. But there was all kinds of like mobs and uh, just gunfights and all. She was just in the middle of all this stuff, and her life is pretty exciting. So much so that in 1966, CBS did a feature called "The Fastest Nun in the West." Whoa! So there you go. But she she certainly exercised heroic virtue uh, in a way that uh, in a time that was just is wild. I mean, it's just simply kind of a, a wild uh, place. And so um, anything goes. And so not she, just like anything goes. Anything goes makes it sound romantic, right? But there's, I I read a book not long ago by a California author, and now I can't remember his name. But they made a movie out of it. It's something about the coward who shot Robert Ford, 
Um, and he's trying to like unmask the, um, the romanticism around the wild west. Uh. Like it's such a cool life to be a cowboy out right. there and, you know, stealing stuff and like ch- be running away from the law and, you know, kind of camping out by a, uh, a campfire playing a harmonica or something. And with the reality that there was a lot of, uh, a lot of disease, a lot of STDs, a lot of real hard life <laughs> danger. <laughs> Probably a lot of disease. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, I, mean, I know. I know. I remember. I know what you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah. in Colorado, I don't know. I mean, this is not family friendly right now. But uh, <laughs> in the gold rush days, there were more brothels than family homes. Wow. In Georgetown, Idaho Springs, and Leadville, um, and then. Yeah, I suppose Leadville, but the other one, Central City. Oh, yeah. Wow. They said that on the tour that I took of the mine. And um, there was people shooting each other. Like, that's not... It's just not... Like, that ends that day, like, in yeah. a movie. Yeah. It's like gangrene coalescing for, like, th- three mo- months yeah. or whatever. This was... It was pretty miserable. Yeah. It's not just, like, hey, how fun. Wild. Yeah, wow. It's not just wild. Yeah. Wild can be miserable sometimes, too. Yeah. So, we're... I'm just grateful for some of these heroes. Right. And it actually brought such great fruit. I mean, this is where the hospitals came from in Colorado. Right. This is where the schools came from in Colorado. A lot of it was just needs on the ground because and, everything started in just like this free-for-all. Right. And it was. I mean, it was just... Uh, it was so... The Western United States is... I mean, I, you probably remember this. When we come back from... Uh, Europe, it's like, it's so expansive out here. It just oh, yeah. goes and goes and goes. And it was, it was so much territory acquired at, at the same time. And, and then it's the, the, but it was, all of it was built on that. It was just built on um, wealth and, you know, prosperity and rugged individualism and kind of getting away from Western civilization. And so, yeah, these religious communities were trying to kind of always push to the West and, but, um, I mean, it was crazy. And so she has a great, um, her memoirs and letters are collected in a story called At the End of the Santa Fe Trail. And I picked it up this summer. Ah. And uh, she gives a good, a good, you get a good sense of like uh, just how, yeah, crazy, perilous, tumultuous, and, and difficult those that time was um, for them. Where now, it's just like you, you have a town and then Indians would raid and just just kill everybody or you know the mexicans would be fighting with the you know the miners the pioneers and they it was just like absolute insanity complete like cultural instability all the time and i think so i think it's good that you're saying the kind of unmasking the kind of kind of wild as this really exciting i have to remember who that who that author is um do you think the this is kind of a strange question i guess about religious but do you think that caused temptation for them toward like disobedience or kind of i don't know that sort of recklessness or something i don't know or or does that push someone into like trying to be an example that's countercultural that way does that make any sense yeah like i I would think that i i yeah i I guess on two senses i think number one it, it would make sense that there would be the temptation would always be there for everybody. Maybe that's maybe why I ask is because the only other religious in my family, um, Catholic religious, 
people ask, oh, are, are there other priests and nuns and stuff in your family? The only one I know of is like a great, great aunt who was a nun who ran off with the fur trader. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only one I know of. That's funny. And I wonder if it's just like, okay, the same people are susceptible to Well, that. and it's the same thing. It's not just running away, but it's like Vernal, Utah, right? The, the nun shot the That's deacon. That's right. The nun shot the deacon. It's this like, this happened recently. <laughs> like, this is just like, <laughs> so it's, uh, I think, it, yeah, the, the human heart is more torturous than anything else, right? Who can understand it? From Jeremiah? Where's that from? You know? Um, Proverbs. Proverbs. Okay, whatever. It's in the Old Testament. Wisdom. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I think that's true. The other side of it, though, is I wonder if things were so extreme, you know, that it also helped to be like, you can't just go to a bar when there's a brothel there, you know? Yeah. Like it, things were, things are so much kind of neater now. I mean, it's the same sins, but it's like everything is, I don't know. Yeah. You just felt the, you felt the, the divide. Yeah. You belong to one side. You belong. It's like, yeah. Whatever. Light and darkness were more contrasted, I guess I would, you know. You know, one thing I'm amazed by these missionaries is um, their dexterity with like the languages and cultural differences because that's far from Italy yeah. right and that was true about Matchbook far from France people had to like pick up on other other people's culture and style and interests and um, like to be able to communicate with Billy the Kid yeah I mean you gotta learn I it was hard for me to communicate in Italy as much as you know I've tried my best to learn the language and i kind of i got by but i couldn't be a missionary there yeah go out to the country and try to so i'm i'm always impressed by these migrant uh missionaries and they did so much good i mean almost all the stories you hear about the foundation of the church in america are these immigrants yeah and i kind of throw that in there because out of convenience because um this month is national or like a church migrant month. Pray, oh, really? Pray for and celebrate okay. immigration. And we just had a mass at the cathedral for migrants. Yeah, yeah it's. Uh, I would. I would agree with that. I. I talk to my guys a lot. I'm like, what's the thing that I see missing in our generation and the younger generation? It's like grit would be the word I would put uh, on yeah. it. Yeah. Like, where's the grit? Where is the ability to just, just do it? Just to kind of. Roll yeah. up his sleeves and be like, Billy, the kid's out there. He's going to kill the town doctor. I got to kind of... And we're just soft. And we kind of yeah. like... We're, we're just too self-indulgent and melancholic and like... Not in the temperamental sense, but just like generally... I feel that. I, I'm just like we... And I don't mean being like hard asses, you know? Like not being like super tough. That's not what I'm talking about. But just having a... You know? Yeah, I don't strength, know how to describe it. Strength but she character, had... Yeah, pers- um, sister, perseverance. Sister Blendina had the respect of the... Billy the Kid's gang because she had grit, man. Yeah. And, uh, I know. And we talk about, I, I, I've recently looked at this, uh, Jonathan Heights, um, coddling of the American mind. I've only just started it. So don't ask me about the content. But it's, um, kind of the part of the point is that you can't coddle the children because then they get obsessed. They get like really hurt. Yeah. As adults. By little things. Yeah. And you, you, there's even language about this now. It's like microaggressions. Right. You know, you're supposed to really fear microaggressions. It's like, well, what happened to like being able to get through right. real dangerous situations right. or real adversity? And 
um, not to just belittle everything or be judgmental. I'm soft in ways, but I, I get the point. It's like, I, there's something, even to hear that story makes me think, I wish I lived at a time that challenged me so hard. Yeah. You know? And just like refines you into a strong person or tests you. And I don't even make it. Whatever. I, I, the challenge, the adventure, the... Well, I do think that 19th century Western America, it galvanized you in a way. Uh, or it broke you. Yeah, you know? I think I think right. it we broke. don't hear those stories. We don't but. hear those stories, but I, I do think it it broke a lot of people. And I mean, this is a this is a really difficult time. Um, that's a great lead way into the last point I'll make on this, uh, mm-hmm. which is something she said. This is the this is the kind of the takeaway money line for me. Um, if I was going to say why Sister Blandina um, she exercised heroic virtue, had a great life, but she had this rule that she lived by that she says in her journals. And I was like, that's, 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 there's something really powerful in that. And I think it ties into this kind of galvanizing, this kind of grit formation. So The rule to live by. This is her rule. It's very simple. Do whatever presents itself and never omit anything because of hardship or repugnance. Just do it. Do whatever presents itself. What I like about that is that uh, we oftentimes think of the will of God as something that we have to kind of, it's like riddles we have to figure out, you know? Mm, um, yeah, Mike DeGuidis loved to tell riddles. We would go on these backpacking or ski trips, ah. and I hated riddles, right? You can never figure <laughs> them out. But he was the riddle master. And we kind of reduced the will of God to like, like the meta riddle is your vocation. And if you can uh, figure out yeah. that riddle, then you're basically fine for the rest of your life. But reducing the spiritual life to that is so, there's something really bad. Um, there's something that's lost there. Because I think that ultimately what we do is we stand in readiness this is the point of the spiritual life. We stand in readiness for what God brings, and then we do whatever presents itself. Yeah, and I like th- that. If you think of it like that, then that meeting I had this morning that was really awkward, or that phone call, or that person, that homeless person intercepted me in the street, or the, the things that did not go well, yeah, my quote-unquote today, are homilies, <laughs> both of them. Um, you, you do what presents itself. Instead of, I go into every day with my plan, and, I, and this is why it affects me because I, I do this, right? I got my plan, my purposes. We're going to do this thing um, my way. Uh, and this is the exact opposite. Do whatever presents itself and never omit anything because of hardship or repugnance. What do you think about... I, I'm just learning with the vocation thing. Well, and we'll talk about this in the next one, but it, not connected to vocation exactly. But we there's this line about God knows what's going to make you truly happy. So he'll, discerning vocation is to really figure out what, what the way that God wants to make you truly happy. And I wonder if it's like, did, did Blondina think about that? Was that really the criteria? Or was it like, I want to serve Jesus and I'll do whatever he wants to serve. I mean, Paul talks about, it. I'm a slave of Christ. And then he talks about how miserable he's been. Yeah, <laughs> And it's not like, I, I don't want to say that it's miserable because it, I don't think it is. And I think in a deep, very deep way, it's very satisfying and happy to do the will of God and make sacrifices and all that stuff. But I don't think it's like when you figure out what makes you happy, then you've discovered your vocation and the will of God or something. Like you're saying, you can't, you got to deal with reality as it presents itself, not all this hypothetical. Yeah. I, I think that 
saints at a certain point jettison the criteria for what they do for God based uh, that the criteria being their own self fulfillment. I think that just has to go. Mm. You you can't be about what's going to make me happy. What's going to like make my life even better? What's going to help me like vibe out with my friends and just like just really enjoy life? What's yeah. going to make me feel good about who I am? I think that we have to acknowledge interiorly what's happening. Like I think it's really destructive not to do that. But to make that the criteria upon which I do things, that's really different than do whatever presents itself today. Yeah, I find that really refreshing because it's very it's that's reality, you know. Yeah, that's all you can do. But we kind of de- live in a delusion. So you do whatever presents itself uh, in the day. So I mean, for a lot of people who listen to this, you're you know married, kids. A lot of your life is just doing what presents itself. You have to live this kind of radical malleability and spontaneity with children they form you in that and as priests we have we get formed in that in different ways i mean your life especially being in the parish is extremely uh has to be flexible and interrupted yeah and deal things. with the day yeah and so i just the needs of the moment i found this to be a, a very refreshing maxim from a an unknown servant of god who walked through our little part of the world and hopefully will that's so cool be canonized i loved all things colorado and wild west and saints so I didn't there know about this one. Thanks, man. I got you. And then there's this book, Man at Play. You should definitely read that. Yeah. Uh, Eutropalia. That's right, buddy. Uh, what about uh, what was the name of this book? Santa Fe. End of the Santa Fe Trail. Okay. Cool. The Italians called her the nun who wore spurs. I don't know the uh, translation. Oh of that. yeah. So maybe that's what we'll name the podcast. You you do. Um, I know we got to end, but um, do you ever watch spaghetti westerns? Um, they were all filmed in Italy. Yeah, presumably because the landscape kind yeah. of is so, somehow supposed to look like the Wild West. Is that right? I. It was just cheaper to film guess, over there or I something. Guess, yeah. I always I'm surprised no, no. by that connection, but maybe um, maybe they just got it in their blood. They heard these, you know, these Italian immigrant nuns would write back and say, yep. "Oh, here it is." John Wayne. Someday you will meet John Wayne. John Wayne, who converted to Catholicism at the end of his life. Really? Yep, on his deathbed. There's so many legends like that. All right, we got a break here and then uh, reconvene for round two. All right. You got any shout-outs? I'll I'll do them on round two. Other than Gregorian rant. You can do the shout-outs for this Still listen to it, even though it's kind of a dumb name. Hey, I made up that name. Did you? Yeah. That's my I opinion. gave him that name. That's my opinion. Whatever. It's wait till it, it's wait till it blows up podcast. and it's like Alright. Oh. What do you what do you think? What give some shout outs, man. That's it. That's it. We'll end on this really awkward note. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Ciao.